0: The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Net and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up to the minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletico Physical Therapy and Arc Van Furniture and Mattress.
1: All right, we got a great crowd here from FedEx bears fans joining us here on Bears All Access, live from Hattles Hall here at PNC Studios. We're brought to you by IGS Energy. My name is Jeff Joniak. That's Tom Thayer, my broadcast partner from WBBM. And that man right there, while representing the Chicago Bears, one of my favorite guys in the locker room, center, Cody Whitehair, everybody. How we doing, man? Doing good? How are you? Yeah, doing great. Thanks for fitting us in. I saw him in the locker room before. He goes, hey, you think I'll be dressed all right? He's got (laughs) shorts on. I go, that's fine. It's radio even though I'm in front of a live audience. So he goes, I think I might go home and change. But instead, what would you do? I went and watched a little extra tape. That and, boy! Uh, you know, got ready for this quick turnaround. Right, you need to do that because I keep hearing from everybody. And Tom loves these short weeks he did as a player. He'll yep. tell you why in a minute. But the mental prep this week is more important than the physical prep because you really still have that muscle memory from the last game you squat you got to make sure you got your, you got yourself all squared away mentally
2: yeah absolutely and you know that was our main focus obviously you know rest the body a little bit but still get some preparation for the game and you know playing them a couple weeks ago you're you're still pretty fresh as well
3: is there any food there any hydration that's emphasized in between the end of the game and now because i think it's an important role that jen gibson the sports science director plays in here making sure that you guys are properly rested and she goes the bat for you and making sure that you're properly fueled so you have the sustainability on Thursday.
2: Yeah, you know, and our, our cafeteria does a great job with, you know, right. giving us good healthy meals. And then obviously, you know, Jen and her staff making sure that we're hydrated and, and Andre T- Tucker and his staff as well making sure we're hydrated and ready to go for game day.
1: You a water guy?
2: I am, more so than
1: Gatorade for sure. Really? See, I can't I can't drink a lot of water. I, I know it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> Who here like? Can you drink a lot of water? I know you have to, but the Gatorade thing is probably what I would do. But if you're getting sick of water, what are your other choices? Just to maintain that hydration, or you just strictly stick to the water? I
2: strictly stick to water. You're a coffee guy. I am a big coffee guy, especially in the mornings. At least two cups a day.
1: There you go. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Well, you know what uh, Matt Nagy said, or I think it was Chuck one of the guys today said, hey, they just need to get a bunch of, bunch of coffee before the game, a little earlier start there in Detroit. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Our producers tonight, Herb Lawrence, back in the studio. Thanks as always, Herb. And uh, what's his name over there? Dan Borelli? Dan Borelli. Dan Borelli over Number there. And wonderful. Paul Zerang from our broadcast crew, big time.
3: So you uh, recently had a baby. How's your diaper changing skills? I think they're pretty good. They've definitely gotten better over the
2: over the weeks here, for sure.
3: Okay, so you know how they mic you up for a game? Have you ever been mic'd up for a game yet throughout your career? <laughs>
2: I don't think with, like, the Bears, but I think I am every week for the NFL. uh,
3: Yeah, I would like to be mic'd up because it would be fun to go back and listen to yourself and the way that you act and react at different circumstances. So if we mic'd you up while you were changing a diaper, (laughs) would you baby talk?
2: I you think there would be a little bit right going now. on. I'm serious. Yes. Absolutely. Because you've I been
1: out th- here all day. I think you've had a lot of time on
2: your No, heads.
3: I was thinking about this because, you, I listen, we're all exposed to Cody Whitehair because he's one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. He's 315 pounds and goes out there and crashes into other 350 pounders for three hours every week. And then you get that chance where you have your first baby. It, it, it does, you know, I've seen it through all my friends that have had babies that I played with, and now they're going
2: on to have their own kids. Yeah, and we just had a little girl, too, and everybody says, oh, you're going to be a softie. She's going to oh, win, I know you, win are. you over from the minute you're she a was gauner. born. And, yeah, you're a you know, it's, it's true.
1: I'm a dad of two daughters. He's known them since birth. Tom has. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much a downer. And Tom, Tom used to come over and change the diapers and all that. You should have heard what he had to say.
3: I say hey, I still have nieces and nephews, or nephews in my family that you know.
1: You, you, I I assume I assume you're not a talker on the field, though. Are you jibber jabbering with the defense? No, nah, nah, no way.
2: I, I don't talk much. Um. You know, I I just try and help my guys do their jobs. Obviously, that's the role of of playing center. And, uh, you know, just try and talk with your pads, I guess. Was Jay Hilgenberg a talker, and were you a talker? Mm -hmm. Did you guys guys just did it with your pads too? Right. You You know, you
3: get threatened a lot when you're an offensive lineman. It's about the defense walking back to the huddle and telling you what they're going to do to you the next time you hit them like that. And you really don't have time to say anything because immediately – you're getting the play called to you you're trying to communicate it in in an instant with the guy that you're working with or you just worked with on the last play so you, you just offensive line. We don't
2: have time for. It. I'll tell you the funny story here: that the Good. receivers just about to bring that up are the ones that talk to the D linemen and get them all fired up, and then of course we have to block them. <laughs> yeah, right, right.
1: Well, there's a couple. I mean, Anthony Miller certainly one of those guys yeah. to rattle everybody's cage. But have you ever heard? And both of you guys, you got the stories to tell. We could talk a whole hour on Tom's stories. But has anybody on the defensive side of the ball over your years in the NFL made you just? Outright, start cracking up, and it was hard to focus on the job at hand. Where he got, he just got you in a way that made you crack up.
2: Hmm. I don't know. On our team, I'd, I'd say the team is pretty funny. Um, you know, outside of our team, um, Mike Daniels is pretty funny. He talks a lot. Um, you know, Fletcher Cox um, and those kind of guys. Yeah.
1: How about you? What, what did you hear over the years that just you really you got in your stance, and you were cracking up.
3: You know, a really entertaining guy was a guy named Tim Harris that played for the Green Bay Packers, and he would go up and down the line of scrimmage, and he would have something for everybody, and I remember one time he lined up over me, and he says, man, I got a sack over everybody but you, so I'm going to try you now, and then gets in his stance, and you know, this kind of brings up an interesting topic, because last week on the pregame for WBBM Radio, we were talking about fun. Right. And I—that's what I wanted to ask you. You know, the the game of football is fun. The actual game day Sunday—it's not a lot of fun if you're a player, but you know the instances. You know the the pre and the things that happen before and after the huddle, the pre and uh, post practice stuff, traveling to and from games. The, you know the post and pre meetings. Then when you're sitting in there by yourself in the different events in the off season—that's fun. Every bit of that is fun, but. The game itself, it's yeah. so challenging and it means so much to your future success and your job that the games don't are. Don't you think that
1: it's more of a in the trenches mindset, defensive lineman, offensive lineman, you guys are in a serious business, obviously. Uh because I can sit here and tell you and I think he would jump on and tell you like Brian Erlacher and Lance Briggs had fun. Charles Tillman had they had fun playing the game. They loved they loved practicing they loved running around and just having fun with their guys but you know it was an interesting conversation because I think Jim Schwantz on our pregame show he was a little shocked that you go well it's it's a it's a it's a young man's game it's a boy's game it's a kid's game yeah you should have fun and you and Jay offensive linemen were very serious about it do you feel the same way
2: Cody yeah absolutely you know we have fun you know during meetings and um, you know, after games and this, this, and that. But when we're, when we're on the field, it's all business. And, you know, we take our jobs very seriously, obviously. You know, all the plays start with us up front. You know, getting the ball to the quarterback, blocking the guys, giving them time. And, you know, we take it very seriously.
3: But that's the thing about it is offensive line, you can go out there and you can play 75 plays. 73 of them, you can do what's expected of you. You can have two failures all the fun is gone. All you're doing is thinking all night, "Oh my God, the coach is going to reprimand me in front of my other peers. They're going to take my job away from me. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, get my jersey." So, I, you know, you get those things to sink in. It's I, I'm sure it's the same with you. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You didn't have fun on that 60-yard play call back, did you? No, that was Good not fun at all. Good Lord. <laughs> and
2: that's one of the one of those plays out of the 70 that he talks about, right? You know, especially right. when you're the reason for. You know that play getting called back. I do hate that league penalty. We got to
1: look at it a little closer. I, I don't know. Hands to the face is getting a little overcalled, in my opinion. All right, we're going to take a break here. We're with you at Palisade PNC Studios before some fans here from FedEx. This is Chicago Sports Radio six seventy The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Tom was signing autographs. i going to poke you. Well, I thought you were going to, you know, when I first started broadcasting the Bears, Cody, back in 2001, and it happened for like five years or so. And I must have earned his respect at some point, but before every single kickoff. I was so dialed, I was so, you know, at times, you know, you just, I was new at it. So I was a little nervous or whatever. And Tom would wind up as hard as he could and whack me on the rear end <laughs> right before the broadcast. And he'd give me this look.
3: Get your right, game Paul? face on. Oh, yeah.
1: He just wanted to make sure I was ready. There you go. But he stopped doing it after he realized he knew I was going to be ready. <laughs> so I'm always ready. He doesn't do it anymore. But I still don't trust him. And he
3: blew a disc in his back. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Cody, I got a question for you. Modern-day NFL, you signed a new contract a couple months ago. Congratulations, you deserve Thank you. it. Thank you, um, How did you go into negotiations? Because I was telling the Bears, guys, the Bears fans out here how fortunate they are to have you because you can change positions at a moment's notice. I came to the Bears and I played right guard. When I negotiated contracts, I negotiated contracts as a right guard. You played center, you played left guard, you played right guard, you play anywhere they need you within a snap. How did you start – how did you represent yourself?
2: Well, since – you know, through the off season and everything, I had moved to left guard. Um, we kind of negotiated as a guard, and then um, you know that's kind of where it all started. And then, you know, a few weeks later, I'm I'm back at center. Right. So, um, but we started it as a, as a left guard. Even if you didn't start a left
3: guard, it would kind of it would be hard to anticipate your value just because yep. there's similarities between center guard, but there's a new more nuances that go along with the center position. So. I always was, you know, was thinking about you and, you know, how would you, you know.
2: Right, and that kind of brings up, you know, some questions too because I played most of my time in the NFL at center, um, you know, minus a few games here and there at left or right guard. But, uh, you know, I, like predominantly I was playing center. So it's it was kind of hard, you know, to figure it out. But they ended up coming up with a number. And, you know, we're we're just very happy and fortunate to be in Chicago.
3: You've started every game so far, right? Yep. i'm glad i didn't say that just put it down i didn't say that no i hey i i would be bragging about it i'm so proud of you for being able to do it because there's not a lot of guys that make that transformation so quickly and you are one of the guys that have been able to do it and you know there's a guy from my era uh bruce matthews that's the guy i always compare you to because you have the traits to play anywhere needed up and down the line of scrimmage and Hey man, you got a great starting streak. Keep it up, and you know, and I, because I was thinking you signed a five-year deal, mm-hmm. and that's longer than your first deal. And how long you're going to be here? You're going to be so ingrained in this community, You'll, you're going to be a bear in a, you know, an Illinoisan forever.
2: Yeah, for sure. And you know, we've t- me and my wife have talked about it, you know, and where we want to raise our daughter, and you know, trying to figure that out, obviously.
1: Yeah, you guys, are Kansas natives, so. But you clearly, you know, it's a to- whole different uh, kind of environment over there kind of a different walk of life, right?
2: Yeah, for sure. But, uh, you know, this is now our new home, and, you know, we love it up here.
1: And uh, you like the outdoors, so, you know, you're up here north, and I'm sure you've uh, had some time to go enjoy some of the outdoors as well. I know you've been on some lakes fishing
2: and whatnot, yeah, fishing. And yeah, I've been ice fishing a couple times. And, uh you know, been on Lake Michigan a couple times on some fishing charters as well. So I definitely get my outdoor fix up here as well. You
1: know, when we had the 100 back in June, and wait, maybe we talked about this because you've been on the show already this year, uh, just what you heard and saw from the ex-bears who are still in the community. And Tom brings it up all the time that if they didn't love the city or love the experience of being a bear or just appreciating what, what they earned from being bears here, They'd be they'd be long gone. They'd be leaving, but they, they stick around. You know, Olin Krutz is, is is still in the area, and he's he's a Hawaiian native. Uh, and there are hundreds of guys that have stayed in the area. I think from the 06 team, a lot of those guys remain close friends, stayed in the area. D- do you think that that might? be the case for guys that you're playing with now that do they love it that much I mean it sounds like
2: it absolutely You, you you know you talk around the locker room and just get the feel of how you know appreciative guys are to be in in such a good city and you know a good organization and have great fans that that just support their players and uh you know that's definitely a winning environment for players to be in and you know later on down their lives too with their families and um, you know this, this, and that. It's 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 a great situation to when, be in. When you were
1: taking snaps at high school football in Kansas, or in the Big Twelve, did you honestly, honestly, did you ever think you'd have a paycheck like you're getting now?
2: No, never. Did
1: you would rise to that, you know, ability and and ability to get that kind of
2: kind of respect? No, never even. I mean, it was always a dream, obviously, to to play in this league and, and be successful in this league, but never did I ever think I would make this.
3: All right, at the end of last season, you go to the Pro Bowl. So when you walk in the team meeting of Pro Bowlers, do you immediately have the confidence that you belong there, or did you take a practice or two to have it all sink in?
2: Yeah, it definitely took a practice or two to to allow it to sink in. I mean, you know, you're, you're amongst the best of the best right. in, in this in this profession, so, um, you know, but you, you definitely pick their brain throughout the week and, and kind of get a feel for for what's worked for them and, you know, things that have helped them be successful.
3: Well, what's different, you know, you talk about your trans, transition center guard all over the place. What is the, what are the, like, maybe a subtle difference between the two for you outside snapping the ball first? <laughs> you know, is it the communication with the quarterback? Is it the making sure the offensive line is all on the same page in terms of protection?
2: Yeah, I think that's the main difference, obviously, is you're the communicator of the line and, you know, being able to communicate both with the other four offensive linemen and the running back and a quarterback and, um, you know, so there's definitely a communication factor that goes into that. Whereas, you know, when you line up at guards, you, you look at the front, you put your hand down, you see the alignment of the D lineman, and you roll. Um, you know, so that's definitely probably the biggest difference. You know, I was reading some articles,
3: and Mitch has said some unbelievable complimentary things about you. And so when you're at guard, um, at the beginning of this year, did you talk to him less? And now that you're back at center, do you talk to him more? I mean, about either professional things or personal things.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a guard, I, I, I just feel like that center quarterback relation is is totally different than, I guess, right. a guard. You and missed him. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so we've definitely talked more both on and off the field. Um, you know, so um, obviously now with, with us being in – The heat of the season, you know, we're watching tape together and doing this, this, and that, trying to be on the same page for, for game days.
3: You know, he said you're one of the nicest men in the world. He thinks of you as a brother. Do you ever have to talk to him like a big brother?
2: Yeah, there's been certain times. Um, obviously, you know, I'm always there to support them. Right, um, in a supportive way, In a I'm supportive talking, yeah. way, like like brothers do. Right. Um, you know, but there's also times where we get on each other on the field, too, if there's a lack <laughs> of communication in, in certain areas. Well, it but has the, to
1: be because, you know, you can't, you can't just throw bouquets. If you really have respect for each other, you got to hold each other accountable.
2: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, being the vocal people on this offense, you know, it's – it's you know very vital for us to be on the same page at all times or you know we're having protection breakdowns and this this and that so I mean the communication factor between the center and the quarterback is very important.
3: As a as an offensive guard I gave up a sack on a three-step drop on a Monday night game against Denver and McMahon yelled at me because he had extra time because it was only a three-step drop. Have you ever had one of those fun confrontations yet?
2: <laughs> yeah I have um you know and Those three step drops, obviously, versus versus, um, certain formations, you know, defensive fronts and and this, this, and that are tougher. Um, You know, so so you got to make sure you're all on the same page, that's for sure.
1: This is Cody Whitehair with
2: Jeff and Tom on Bears All
1: Access. We're going to take a break here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. All right, you here at PNC Studios at How to Solve. This is Bears All Access with some folks from FedEx. Kind enough to join us this week on this holiday week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I pulled the audience. There's only one lady in this room and no dudes that are cooking on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> so a round of applause for the lady in the middle yes. of the room with a sweet potato casserole. That's your expertise. Shredded or saucy cheese? Tom? Either. Beans or? Nah. However you make them, share your Bears game day nacho recipe at TostitosBears.com for a chance to win a Bears VIP tailgating experience and tickets at the December 22nd game against Kansas City. May the best nachos win. I guarantee you there will be no tomatoes on Tom's nachos. Mm -hmm. He can't eat tomatoes for some reason. Pot roast nachos. Yeah, that's solid. That's a solid choice. Jeff and Tom here with Cody White here. We're brought to you by IGS Energy here at PNC Studios at Hallis Hall. So you could sit back and analyze your career later, but moving back and forth, there's a natural thought process that says, okay, if you keep, if you keep moving back and forth, are you, are you polishing your skills to play that position at the best possible level? Obviously, you're the guy that's going to want to do anything to help the team. That's well stated. That's why they love you here. But does it ever pop into your head a little bit?
2: Yeah, of course it does. Um, you know, you, you obviously want to be a- – prepared as best as you can on game day and um, you know so it's it's definitely in the back of your head but like you said I've always been a team guy and you know if they come to me on a Thursday and need me to play somewhere different on a Sunday I can I can find a way to get it done but uh, you know I think the biggest thing in this league is preparation and um, you know you have to put in the time and the effort that it takes to prepare you to to be ready for Sunday.
3: Have you ever gone up to the line of scrimmage and I think what position you're playing? Seriously, because you know you can. You, times you can sit there and break the huddle, and by the time you get seven yards, you can forget the snap count a couple times. But so I mean, have you
2: ever went in there and you know, kind of just thought what it, your assignment was? Yeah, I'll tell you something funny. My first game being back at center against Detroit last time, I actually put my left hand down instead of grabbing the ball with my right hand because I'd been playing left guard for so long. So really? then I had to be like, oh, wow, <laughs> you know, I got to grab the ball here. But, uh, you know, that, that's funny you say that because I was, I was kind of thinking about that too.
1: Well, Lions, I mean, the defensive players, they're looking like that, that stuff. They're looking to find any, any mental forgetfulness, weakness, whatever to attack I'm sure they were like, "Huh, interesting," <laughs> but they managed to get the job done, and you guys got the win. Uh, that defense, and we'll, we'll talk about about them a little later in the program. We still got a half hour to go, but that defensive front it doesn't get a lot of love, but uh, nationally or whatnot, because of their record. But it's you know when you're dealing with Snacks Harrison in there, that's that's one of your top defensive linemen to deal with, especially if they line them right on you.
2: Yeah, it's tough, and you know they they play that five down a lot of the time, and which, you know, sometimes has you going five for five. And, you know, five one-on-ones against five really good defensive linemen is tough at times. So, uh, you know, like I said, you definitely have to prepare and get yourself right for Sunday.
3: You know, you're a guy that's blessed with great uh, weight room strength because you spend a lot of time in the weight room. So now, over you look over the what you have played against in the last three weeks. You had Detroit a couple weeks ago. You know, you're talking about guys that are six four, three thirty to you know around there. Then you go to Aaron Donald, who is a smaller guy, one of the quickest guys out of his stance in the history of the league. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the Giants and you play a guy uh, like Tomlinson, is a three-time heavyweight state champ wrestler, and he and the the Lawrence, the interior guy, they can go as high as three forty-two. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to match a guy Cody's strength to a big guy or Cody's strength to superior quickness, where where do you go in the most mentally confident?
2: Well, obviously, I think you know for us it'd it definitely be you know because we pride ourselves on strength would be a guy that's you know a bigger stronger guy. Um, you know, obviously, when you go against a guy that's quick like Aaron Donald, it's it's more hands instead of power and you know being quicker with your feet. So um, you definitely have to just study you know, throughout the week and figure out the guys you're going against and what are are their strengths, you know, whether it be speed or whether it be power, and then use that to your benefit. You know,
3: there's been a lot of conversation this week about Mitch and the no-huddle offense. What is Cody Whitehair like? No huddle or huddle
2: each time? You know, I think it comes down to situation. Um, you know, first and second down, I think the tempo stuff is good. Um, you know, and if you're successful on first and second down and convert another first down, obviously stay in it. But, you know, I think the thing that tends to be tough is when, you know, you don't do so well on first and second down and then you're in a third and long situation where you need a little bit more time to to figure out what play works the best against a certain coverage or a certain front. Um, You know, so I definitely think first and second down, the tempo is a good thing, and hopefully you can convert on those and keep it going.
3: You know, nowadays in the modern NFL, you guys do such a great job of doing a low-volume or no-volume snap count, nonverbal snap count. You know, we are always experimenting with the different ways to do it. You guys have a better – it can – can you still do no huddle when you're playing against an aggressive stadium like this week against Detroit?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, you see throughout the league where there's a lot of, you know, silent right. cadences yeah. where, you know, whether it be the guard or, you know, the center looking through his legs and the quarterback giving him some sort of cue to snap the ball or whether it be the guard flashing or tapping the center to snap the ball too. So I definitely think there there's ways to do, you know, the tempo offense in hostile environments Um you know, but it's something you have to practice throughout the week. Cody
1: White here, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy from PNC Studios at Hallis Hall. With Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. You know, uh, would you do that, no, that that quick huddle or sugar huddle and you get to the line of scrimmage and it looks like Mitch, Mitch is going to snap it right away and then he backs off, is now that incorporates because they were a little jumpy on the other side of the ball last week and played to your advantage. You can snap it right away and get into a little bit of rhythm, that, not do it? I mean, do you think that's a weapon now?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you can kind of keep the defense on guard, I guess, if you will, and, and not let them get into a rhythm, um, you know, especially in, in situational football, whether that be two-minute offense where you're, you know, predominantly passing the ball, um, you know, just to be able to switch it up and not let those defensive linemen get a key on your snap count or your head bob or, you know, your center Quick or whatever you you may be doing it I think it definitely helps um you know cause some some penalties and stuff on the defense that you can use to your benefit
1: how would you describe the evolution of your snap since you first
2: started? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a process eh it has um you know, and there's obviously snaps that I wish I could have back um you know, but we're still working on it it's still a work in progress, obviously you know we we switched a little bit of my technique last year and, you know, it worked pretty well. Um, you know, for me, obviously I had a snap or two here and there throughout the season, but for the most part, they were pretty much spot on. And, uh, you know, then I kind of went back to guard for a little bit and now I'm back at center. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is just getting back in the routine of things. Obviously, um, You know, with snapping the ball, but, uh, you know, it's only going to get better, and hopefully I'll get that, you know, real soon. But I think the coaches, that's why they are
3: confident in bringing you back. You kind of got that issue resolved last year, and then it was smooth sailing. I think this year, you're already sailing smooth. You know, and I was talking to Jay Hilgenberg about you before this, and he was always asking, you know, how does that leverage change for you? Because when you're in a three point stance and your fingertips are on the ground, that brings your shoulders considerably lower. When you snap the ball and now you're raised this much off the ground and you're a lot higher,
2: do you still feel confident in the leverage you have and the way you snap? Yeah, I do. Um, Obviously, you have to be able to get the ball to the quarterback first and foremost. And then I think the biggest thing, though, when you're snapping the ball is obviously after you deliver the ball to the quarterback, then it's your first step. Um, You know, I think that's that's where it all – begins as far as leverage um, you know you know and if you can gain ground or you know step up field with your first step I think your chances are a lot better right
1: all right that's Cody Whitehair here Tom Thayer and Jeff Joniak with you from Bears All Access here at Chicago's PNC Studios Chicago Bears Studios and this is Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score Welcome back, everybody. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW. People who get it, learn more at cdw.com. Jeff and Tom with Cody Whitehair of the Bears Starting Center. Kind enough to join us here today, brought to you by IGS Energy on a short week. And on a short week, with all due respect uh, to those who think it's so simple, uh, every minute does matter on a short week, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it does. You know, your time is limited. Um, you know with your days here so you're obviously doing some more preparation at home as well throughout the week on these shorter weeks um, you know you may spend a little bit more time than you normally would on on a longer week with a few extra days so um, you know the short weeks are tough but uh, you know the other team has to go through it as well
3: so on a normal seven-day week in between games when do you start feeling when do you start feeling good because it's, it's kind of weird. Monday, you don't feel so bad. Tuesday, you're really sore. And then you kind of mentally, you got to lose it on Wednesday.
2: Yeah, Tuesdays are definitely the worst. Um, right. Obviously, you try and come in and do a little flush, um, whether that be a lift or a pool workout or, um, you know, whatever you can do to try and get your body back. But, uh, you know, it, it usually takes me till about Wednesday at about practice time to to really be feeling like, like putting a helmet and pads on again.
3: Does this facility keep you here longer? Cody, if I was still playing, I, I'm seriously, I don't know if there'd be nights that I would stay here. Um, no, you I mean, would. I, That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, so yeah, beautiful. Would. They offer you so much in terms of the proper nutrition and everything and all the other facilities you talk about getting yourself ready.
2: Yeah, we're very blessed. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's an un- unbelievable place. They have so many. Like you said, things for us, whether that be, you know, our cafeteria, our player lounge, our locker room, our weight room, our, you know, our meeting rooms. Everything is just, you know, so top notch and first class. And, you know, we're really blessed to have that. You guys
1: are a captive audience. I mean, right? <laughs> it's so nice. It's, it's, there's a luxurious aspect of it, too. And that sounds uh, ridiculous when you, when you talk about football. And what used to be what you went to as a player, and so forth. But it—it's—I uh, it, think it keeps you guys maybe tighter as a team. I—I uh, I haven't been in the players' lounge. I, I didn't even get—I it. I mean, I don't know what that what goes yeah, on check in it there. Out. It's I mean, great. what what's
2: in there? I mean, what do you guys? There's an air hockey table. There's a barber shop. There's recovery places. There's like arcade Papa shots. There's TVs. There's Xboxes. There's Playstations. There's Big, oversized, comfy couches that Tom could sleep on. Um, I would, too. <laughs> but you know what? You know what's humbling, though, for you guys, which I
3: think is a good thing? Um, when I was, went to college, went to Notre Dame, we played USC at the Coliseum, and you kind of become familiar with the stadium. And the locker room was really crappy. It's humbling because when you do go into that stadium, they'll go in and you play a game and you get brought back to the reality of what it could be or what it used to be. Then you even grow a bigger appreciation for the Bears uh-huh. facility and the, the locker room they have down at Soldier Field.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like, like I've said in the past, what we have here is super nice. And, you know, obviously there's, there's places that, you know, are, are not as nice as this, but, you know, you have to, have to be fortunate for what you have. And like I said, what we have is a blessing here. Who do you
3: locker next to? I like that because they split you guys up. Uh, so I'm in between Danny
2: Trevathan and Akeem Hicks. Who talks more? Because they're both good talkers. I'd probably say Akeem. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's he's a booming presence in there.
3: Yeah. You know, even though, you know, and the both of them are, are injured right now, but they're
1: going to come back. They're going to come back. But,
3: you know, Danny's got great life experience. He's got great success in the NFL. He's had a, he's had a great career, and he's well-respected in the locker room. So is Akeem. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it really gives you a kind of – and you know, Jeff, you know those guys' personalities as, as oh, yeah. well as anyone. Yeah, yeah, they're important in
1: that locker room, important voices you know which leads me to you know late last year getting ready for the playoffs I saw the excitement on your face in the locker room in the week leading up to it and you were so excited about what was ahead you knew the building was going to be expanded you know this you know you you were likely going to be in line for a, a contract extension uh I don't know why well, you couldn't have at that time maybe you do. you knew you were going to be a dad I mean there was a lot of great things happening in your life and the stark reality of this business of football it it can hit you from sideways you know you think everything's going well and then and at one point you know you got to you got to start crawling up that hill again and that's the position you're in now but do you feel still the same way you did then as you do now about what you have around you
2: yeah absolutely you know any time you love coming to work that's a good situation and you know the culture that we have here the guys that are in our locker room the you know from the top down our gm our owner you know just everyone involved in this organization is just You know, first-class people and really good people that make it easy to work. Um, You know, it's a great working environment for all of us. And and back to our teammates, like I said, everyone just cares so much about each other in the game of football that, you know, it makes it fun, and that's how we grow closer. How do you help James Daniels now? You know, because for a young guy, he's 22.
1: He is a young cat Mm -hmm. and uh, got to start in his rookie year and still starting, obviously, but at a different position. But just so he doesn't look at this as – setback to his own future
2: yeah James has been a positive um you know guy ever since he came in the locker room he's kind of you know the type of guy that wherever he can help the team as well that's kind of his mindset um you know and and he's you know super talented kid that has you know god-given ability um you know, to play offensive line and to play in this national football league. So, you know, I think that, I think the best thing for him is that, you know, he does have the positive mindset and just, you know, that grinder mentality and, you know, coming to work, just figuring out how to get better. And, you know, I think that's, what's going to, help him be successful in this league
3: i think ultimately the position change will will be able to help him because it's going to increase his abilities just like it did yours mm-hmm. and i don't think his talent is diminished at all i just think you need an opportunity to experience you know multiple seasons or extended life in the nfl to understand where you fit in and how you fit in and i'm confident that if he had to make a switch to center within a second's notice that he has the mental and physical capabilities of doing that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He's a sharp guy, um, you know, both mentally and physically. He's got, like I said, he's got God-given ability and talent that, uh, you know, he can make those transitions very smooth. You know, I was
1: once of the belief that, you know, want You were the- going
2: to be a meteorologist. <laughs> 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 I once
1: I, I once thought, okay, it would be, it, it, and it is, you know, you want continuity on the offensive line, but, I've become more significantly moved by versatility, also, and you're a perfect example of that. Yes, you would like to have the same five guys start in the same five positions, like you guys did, Tom, in your day, uh, for an extended period of time. But it's it's significantly rare. I, I don't remember the last time it's happened, you know, since you guys played. But the, I think teams value that versatility in a very significant way and I think you're rewarded for it if you can do everything and certain guys can do all three positions and it just opens up more in terms of opportunity for the play caller and the play designer also
2: yeah absolutely and you know versatility is so big in this league with suiting seven guys on game day I mean you know one guy goes down and you know not to have to shuffle your whole line to figure out you know how to make the combination of the five guys work the best if you can play all three or you know if you can definitely play all three interior um you know that definitely helps
1: that's traveling music for another segment we've got a little bit more to go with cody white here here from pnc studios at how to solve this is bears all access brought to you by igs energy on chicago sports radio 678 Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access here before some FedEx employees and guests and fans of Chicago Bears football here at PNC Studios at Hallis Hall. One more segment to go with Cody Whitehair of the Veterans Center. We're brought to you by IGS Energy. And Bears fans, get out of the cold and hit the beach in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico
3: with Jeff with your
1: favorite Bears players, including Bilal Nichols and Roy Robertson-Harris. Inside the Bears hosts, Lauren Screden and Spice Adams. And Apple Vacations this March. Visit applevacations.com slash bears. For more info, as the Bears get ready to meet the Detroit Lions, this is really it's four games in 18 days. So last year, would you have three and uh,
2: three and it was three 16? division
1: games and yeah, something like yep. that. So you're used to it. Yep. There is value in that, knowing that you made it through it last year, and it, that section of games proved to be quite valuable. I always thought the Rams game, the way you won that game on national TV and so convincing and pounding. Uh, that that was a benchmark moment for the season. I don't know what you feel. You can you can tell me, but that stretch also solidified the idea that this team was bound for something different than what they've become used to.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it started with the Rams game, um, you know, or started with that three-game series, and then when we – played the Rams at home, um, you know, against a really good defense and an offense that was playing at a very high level, um, you know, just gave us confidence going into the later part of our season and the postseason.
3: And this is a game that can do the same thing. You go to Detroit, you win this game convincingly, you play well, and then now it sparks kind of the stretch down the road that still includes division games and then a, still a nationally tele, couple of nationally televised games. So... I mean, this is the perfect week to kick that off.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and just to get, you know, some some confidence and stuff like that going into these next division games. And, um, you know, like I said, we've seen this team, um, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, so we know what to expect. We know it's going to be a hostile environment. We played there last year on Thanksgiving Day, um, you know, so we know what it's all about, and we just have to come ready to play.
1: There should be a lot of Bears fans there again, too, because when the Lions haven't been good, they kind of stay away a little bit. There have been times there at Ford Field you, you, on Thanksgiving and, or in a, even a regular season, uh, just a normal game where you're like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is not good for the NFL." But obviously, that's changed. They, you know, they have a good good core players over there and some explosive offensive players but
3: i don't know what to expect
1: on thursday in terms of the crowd you know
3: i think detroit always gets a super supportive home crowd but you you got to be impressed by the way you see the bears fans they don't trickle into an opponent stadium they flood an opponent stadium and when you guys get cheered louder when you come out of the locker room than the home team it's got to kind of Put, you know, spend, send chills up your spine because you think of the dedication of the, the fans that are here and then the hundreds of fans that go on the road each week.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's a great feeling, um, you know, to run out of that tunnel and you're on the road and you think it's going to be, you know, crazy for the home team. But, you know, come to find out it may be even crazier for us, um, you know. So, so it's definitely, you know, helps us out and, you know, our fans travel well wherever we go.
1: You know, uh, Mitch Trubisky was at the podium today for his weekly news conference, and he, w- he was quite firm about it. He-, he mentioned it on Sunday that, yeah, it was nice to get the win, but it's not good enough, how, how the performance went. And he, he kind of doubled down on it a little bit today by saying, hey, we got to go on with the mindset of-, of zero room for error, no mistakes. And has he carried that into your meeting time with you guys as an offense?
2: Yeah, he does, and you could definitely feel it this week too. Um, you know, we just want to stack these wins together, um, you know, and and get, you know, really going on offense and, you know, help our defense and just, um, you know, play well all three phases, um, you know, and play a complete game, I guess, if you will. Um, you know, so that's what we're striving for. That's what we're practicing for. And, uh, you know, no better way to start it than with the Detroit Lions. Do you feel that there there have been times this season because
1: you have shown the ability to be consistent for a chunk of games – But it just really, with rare exception, this season has spread over four full quarters, which not every team's going to be able to do that. But have you felt the internal frustration with that or the way the running game has been going or that lack of scoring in the first quarter, the first possession issues, all the topics that are making the rounds this week?
2: Yeah, there's definitely some frustration. And you're always trying to figure out a solution. You're trying to figure out how you can – you know, what you can do personally to help the team, you know, and not be that guy that's holding us back. Um, You know, so it's definitely takes some some preparation and to – to really figure out what what the issue is and make sure it's not you, and you know, move forward and do your job.
3: Hey, introduce us to David Montgomery because from afar, I really enjoy what he brings to the table. I think ultimately he's going to be a great a great back in the NFL. He's got all the talents and tools that you need, and he's willing to do anything. So, you know, what is he like in the huddle during a game? Do you ever sense frustration with him? Or have you ever had to have a conversation with him about, hey, this is the way that we suspect this play is going to open up, so maybe this is what you want to pay attention to?
2: Yeah, you know, we we meet as a blocking um, group with our running backs weekly to, you know, kind of go over as what we, we did. Yeah, yeah, as to go over, you know, practice throughout the week and how we think things are going to fit up and where we think, you know, the scene may be for him to hit, um, you know, and he's always in that meeting, taking notes, um, you know, listening to what we have to say. And, um, you know, then on game day, he just is very confident and stays positive and, um, you know, tries to do everything he can.
1: He's a fiery guy though, too. I don't know if it's outward, but you can, he takes it quite seriously. And I know somebody, I can't remember who just told me this, but, you know he he does play that way. It's 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 a very bright fire that burns in this guy. In he wants to be something special.
2: Yeah, he has a passion. Um, you know, and I think that's the thing that's going to help him is the drive and the love and the passion that he has for this game and to be successful. And he wants to do, you know, the right thing. He wants to hit that hole. He wants to make that you know, break that tackle for a huge gain. He wants to do it. You can see it in his eye. And we just have to, you know, tighten a few things up and help him get those opportunities. It's, it seems like Tariq Cohen has a lot of those similar traits, but he's a lot more extroverted about <laughs> the way
3: he handles himself around the facility, on the field, and even in front of the opponents. Um, he doesn't want to take any ribbing by them, and he's willing to give it right back to them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He's another one of those guys that, you know, just works hard, gives it all he has. Um, you know, and just wants to be good, wants to win, um, you know, and he's willing to do whatever it takes.
1: You're sweeping the sheds award this week for the win went to, um, Bradley Sowell, which is, uh, it's a new award, obviously this year. And if you're not aware of it after wins they give it to the guy that, that does um, a little bit of everything that maybe goes unnoticed. And in his case, it's really been something that has not been in the public eye because he hasn't played much and has been on and off the roster and coming back over the course of the season. But, um, you're one of his, you know, close teammates here on the offensive line, and his conversion to tight end this year is part of that process. But when something like that is awarded to a player like that, what, what how does that resonate in the locker room, and, and what do you think about what he's had to undo, endure this season?
2: Yeah, he's definitely had to go through a tough stretch, whether that be, you know, being inactive or being cut or, you know, this, this, and that. And, you know, I think the biggest thing that guys take away in, in the locker room is just – how positive he is about it. Um, you know, he's a team guy. He wants to do whatever's best for the team. You know, they could have went and cut somebody else, but, uh, you know, he was always, you know, I want to sign back with the Bears. I don't want to go anywhere else. And, um, you know, it just speaks volumes of that guy as a person. Do you have a, do you have a second position
3: ability in outside the <laughs> offensive line? Because when I look at Bradley Saul and you think of the way he transformed his body, and even Matt mentioned at the podium today, you go from 315 down to 280, and you have the skill set to contribute at that position.
2: What about Cody? Yeah, I played some tight end in high school. Um, you know, I didn't Can have catch? The, I didn't have the best hands. Right. Yeah, you did, say that uh, very exasperatingly. I, <laughs> I did catch a two point conversion for um, you know us to advance in the in the state playoffs, but uh,
1: was it the clinching two pointer? To advance, or it was just the finishing blow?
2: It was, it was. How it was about to that? to take the lead, yeah. So, um, you'll never forget that. Never. But, uh, you know, I was mainly the blocker, so I knew, you know, offensive line was my home. You know, no matter what quarterback you play with, they always want to give you that fun insult, because they'll throw you
3: a ball sometime in your career, you'll drop it. <laughs> and the first thing they say to you is, that's why you're an offensive lineman. Yep. Huh, did that happen to you, Tom? Right. I mean, every, <laughs> every quarterback that you ever played with, no matter what level they were, they were always going to give you a hard time because you were a lineman. I have one
1: more question for you because you're a huge weight room guy. As Tom was, as Olin, Olin Kreutz was and still is, uh, Jay used to be. <laughs> now he jumps he's ting- rope. Right. <laughs>
0: he's
1: he's a, a figment of his former imagination, so to speak. I say that in a loving, most loving way, Jay. But do you oh. have time in that weight room enough to maintain, or can you still add because you love weightlifting? Like Nick Williams
2: told us
1: a couple weeks ago.
2: Yeah, um, obviously, you know, throughout the season, it's it's more about taking care yeah. of your body and stuff like this. But, you know, it's as linemen, it's, um, you know, very important for us to keep our strength as well. Um, you know, and everybody loses strength throughout the season, and it's just whoever loses it, you know, the least, I guess, if you will. So we try and, and do some, some lifting outside of our normal times so that we're able to get – you know, some heavier lifting or s- some more reps or whatever. So, um, you know, us as offensive linemen, we take that very seriously, and we, we want to be the last people to lose the strength.
1: At what point does the decline start to really hit you? Hey, how many weeks in? Or you maybe don't want to tell us that.
2: <laughs> um, obviously, throughout the season, it it's hard to, yeah. you know, really lift heavy because – the demand of the game is so hard on your body and you're sore and, you know, injuries may continue to linger and, you know, you may not want to push the weight as heavy. But, uh, you know, I'd probably say, you know, right about now, weeks 11 and 12, um, you know, so. um, But like I said, we're just trying to be the last you know group of guys to lose it But you're
3: you're still taking strength out on the field which is your greatest confidence i think it was similar to mine i i was always confident that i would no one would ever be stronger than me Uh and i don't see a lot of guys on the field stronger than you at this point in the season
2: yeah um like i said i i try to be the one of the last to to lose it but uh you know obviously it's it's a big important role as, as offensive lineman to be strong and use our strength
1: all right, after the Bears beat the Lions and you enjoy your Thanksgiving dinner, what's your favorite dish? What do you gotta have? What's a gotta gotta, gotta have? Green bean casserole. Green bean casserole. All right. Well, see, he's healthy. You know <laughs> he's healthy because he's
3: of going green beans. They got they play on Thursday, then they play the next Thursday. So in between that time, there still will be a weigh in. So yeah, lots of leftovers. You don't get complete forgiveness, right? Yet. Cody,
1: on a short week, we really appreciate you <laughs> doing this. You <laughs> bet. Thanks for no coming problem. on. Thanks Cody White me. here, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on Bears All Access. Thanks to our producers, Dan Barilli and Paul Zareng, our engineer. Herb Lawrence as well for Tom There, I'm Jeff Joniak. We'll bring the Bears and Lions to you starting with an 8.30 pregame, 11.30, the kickoff from Ford Field on WBBM. Have a great night, everybody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.